Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. As we move forward, faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, certain of we do not see. And uh, Hebrews eleven thirty nine through 40, we find these words. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. This is how we finished, concluded last week on the importance of living by faith and those that live by faith. They understood that since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect, would they be made complete, would God's promises be fulfilled. They were all commended by their faith. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. What a joy that is to know that those who suffer, those that were martyred, those that have given up their lives for the sake of Jesus, to say whatever it is, I choose Jesus, they receive something better. They were made perfect, complete. God's promise for them has been fulfilled, and that promise is still for us. And if you're watching for the first time or listening, or you're just trying to get into this Jesus thing or this church, or you feel like some spirituality would do you well, or some uh, something mystical, mysterious might be good for your soul because you can't explain with the facts and figures everything that takes place, and you have some element of faith, and you're just trying to figure out, is it Jesus? Is it me? Is it a higher power? Is it a spe- specific? higher power was your intelligent design or if you're just trying to learn about what's taking place well here is the place because now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is a jesus that loves us so much the jesus that answers your questions you are in the right place and as we look at this we move on to chapter 12 chapter 12 and chapter 12 verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us this is a scripture that i've preached on often this is a verse that many Christians hold on to with the Olympics coming up, with my daughter being in CrossFit, with so many analogies of sports and the NBA finals about to begin. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I fell asleep during that game. I don't even know why I bring it up. But uh, we think of all the sports thoughts and analogies. And often we just jump to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. But you have to read the Bible in context. You have to understand that chapter 12 came after chapter 11 for a reason. And that reason is those that live by faith, that died for their faith in Jesus, that considered it a pure joy as Jesus did to follow God's will over their own plans. We are, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We are surrounded by those that have given up their lives to obey Jesus, and now they are cheering us on. They are 
participants in our success. They are there just saying, you can do it. Believe in Jesus, following him. Do not give up. If you've fallen, then help. we will help you up. Then by our example, you can learn. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. It was interesting in many sporting events uh, last season that no fans were allowed and you had to kind of generate your own energy. I think you understand what I mean by uh, energy and when I say that, but you had to come up with your own adrenaline and you did not have the the crowd cheering you on. But what a great joy it is to know that God and the saints have always been cheering us on, always been saying that you can do it. Follow Jesus. Do the right thing. It is possible. You will overcome. God calls us an ambassador for him. We can go and seek and know that we are being cheered on to do the right thing. Yes, there's many distractions that would take us down, that would look to hurt us, that would cause us to pause and hinder the progress that Jesus wants for us in the process of knowing him and following him. But the voices of these witnesses is louder. Why is it louder? Well, may I suggest that the voices of these witnesses, the Greek word is testimony or martyr. It is not simply those that have thought right, done right, but it is those that have experienced the fullness of Jesus because they have been martyred. They gave their life for this faith in Jesus. And there's many martyrs, people that die for whatever cause, but this is such a witness that those that would die for the sake of Jesus, how much more can we learn from them? As we uh, look at... um, at Revelation, it also talks about the word testimony, by the word of the testimony. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shriek from it. This word testimony is a little bit different. This is the evidence. This is their good reputation. This is their testimony. What if our testimony was one of a good reputation? What if our testimony was an evidence that we not only met on Sunday, but we believed Jesus on Monday, that what we thought was right based on the truth of Scripture revealed by the Holy Spirit, the, the Scripture that we study, the Bible that we know, that we can overcome those temptations by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony? Because like them, we will not love our lives so much that we shrink back from death. We will follow Jesus in what he is calling us to. This is what he desires of us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Christians, this is for us to know, to understand that there is a race marked out for us, but we must strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight in that sin, which is so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to us and entangles us. That's from the Amplified Version. As many people have heard and said that you can train with ankle weights or a weighted vest. You can train with heaviness on you so that when you run and when you sprint, you're building strength and endurance and versatility. But when that time for the race comes, when the Olympic gun goes off and you are about to go and sprint, you are not wearing or carrying those weights. You are stripped down to the least amount of 
that is possible so that you can run freely knowing that you have trained and the gospels say the good news says jesus says that through suffering that is the weight that trains us um, so this verse in the amplified version strip off and throw aside every encumbrance unnecessary weight and that sin which is so readily deftly cleverly clings to us and entangles us those things that we think well god you forgive me well god you love me no matter what well god you know i'm forgiven i'm going to heaven well god i live a good life and i've called you savior i call you lord but i choose to still keep this sin this resentment this this little thought in my life god saying no get rid of that do not continue to sin so that grace would abound. Do not continue to sin or make excuses because we really want to do what we want to do when God is calling us to surrender, that he has something better for us. If you were fast, fast enough to run a race in high school and you thought that was a big deal, that was good for that time. But in this illustration, in this analogy, God wants you to be the fastest person on the planet. He wants you to be an Olympic gold medalist. And if you continue just to be content with what you think is the best, you will forget or neglect or not be able to receive the best that God has for you. And God's best says to throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. And the Amplified, it goes on to say, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Many have said that we run, we live more of a marathon than a sprint. We have to pace ourselves. We have to take in hydration. We have to train properly, but we have to keep going. You need to keep putting that foot in front of the other. Run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence, the appointed course that is set before us. So you need to run the race marked out for us. You need to go after what Jesus is calling us to. I was speaking with a friend the other day and they were talking about their uh, ministry and they were just saying, man, I really felt like God was telling us to do as much as possible. And I was so excited about that thought, do as much as possible, as much as possible. And all my dreams, all my thoughts, all my uh, concerns went big time. And then he calls, he reflects that the pandemic came. And as much as possible, as possible was directly emphasized that you cannot do as much as you hope dreamed, but you can do as much as possible as possible without God. All things are possible. So he was able to participate in ministry that went beyond what he ever thought was possible in the middle of a pandemic, but as much as possible. What, well, what does that mean? Well, I just want us to look at Matthew 25, 14 through 30, the parable of the talents. Maybe a story familiar to uh, most churchgoers. Many of you that are listening, you might be aware, but I just want us to think about this thought. And if it's new for you, then listen in. It's a short story that has a point, not a parable. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So if you look at this, wait, one guy got five, one guy got two, and that poor joker, he only got one. That's not fair. 
Well, no, because life isn't fair. And uh, some people have more talents in certain situations and others have their talents in different situations and in different um, avenues. And so each according to his own ability, God has given us as much as possible according to our own ability. But then he went on a journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. He doubled his money. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. He again doubled his money. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. For some of you that have talents that God's called you into vo vocational ministry or to volunteer to be the best lay person, that just means a churchgoer, as you can to volunteer, to serve, to help, to assist, to give, to be present. And we've chosen not to. Well, this parable explains. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. This made me cause for pause because it said, you, I entrusted you with a few things. And it's like, no, you entrusted him with the most, the most of the three guys. You entrusted him with the most. But according to God, it was just a few things according to, according to his talents, according to how he was created. In verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness, your master's joy, your master's uh, call on your life. He saw that potential, that potential fulfilled. And then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man at harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. So often sometimes we are ashamed or we don't know how to use the gifts that God's given us. So instead of using them for God, instead of allowing God to use them, to magnify them, we, we shrink back and we hide and we, we're scared of what God might do and we lose out. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have it received back interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they will have will be taken from them. In verse 30, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So when you read this, you could read several different angles. Like, well, that is pretty harsh. That's pretty uh, scary. Why would God do such a thing? Is he a God that's evil? Well, we have to understand it's not talking about salvation in that sense. We There's many different layers, but the one layer, it's when God gives you something, use that for him. 
and watch him grow it, watch him multiply it with that fear of knowing. The other servants in this story knew that he was a hard man and he went and he was uh, powerful where he sowed where he did not scatter seed. And But they believed that the master gave them that gift for a purpose. Do we believe that God will give you a gift for a purpose? And with your salvation, do we allow it to grow? Do we allow it to live where we can help others and just give that life, that hope, that joy to others? Or do we just say, you do not think like me. You do not look like me. You do not even believe the Bible. You don't follow the Bible. So I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to write you off. Or do we say, let my love for you abound? What if one of those servants would have said, hey, I have five or I have two, and this is what I've done. I want to take you under my wing. I want to teach you how to uh, nurture that gift that the master gave you. I want to help you really understand that there's a plan for your life. What if we as Christians begin to mentor, to encourage, to take people out to eat, to meet by a campfire, have a cookout, go kayaking, and just learn that we can spend life with each other and have Jesus overflow out of us and that he can impact people to know that they can multiply the gift that is dying because they aren't using what God has given to them. Going back to Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 2, looking at Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And whenever all through Hebrews, we've talked about Jesus seated at the right hand of God, Jesus with his feet up, Jesus resting, Jesus not in a hurry, Jesus not in a rush, because he knows that his sacrifice was a fulfillment. It was made perfect. It was made complete by who God is and what God did through him. And as they're just laughing about Jesus with his feet up, but that's the Jesus that we can focus on, looking to Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus, looking away from all that will distract you and looking towards Jesus. We look to him. He's the author. He's the perfecter. He's the founder. He's the one that has a plan for our lives. He's the author. He's the one that wrote our story. He's the one that wrote your story. And from Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God knew Jeremiah. God knows you. And as I had the privilege of sharing part of my story, of being abandoned, being orphaned, and being adopted, and being rejected, and being readopted here in Verbomb by Mike and Sharon Fuller, and growing up, God knew all of those steps were going to be part of my early story that God was going to reveal to me and to others that He had a plan for my life. Where some would say it was broken, it was fragmented. This is who you are. God is saying, No, this is where you began. But I had a plan for your life that you can grow up in me. You can know my salvation and know my freedom the healing and hope, the peace that comes from knowing Jesus and share that joy with others because he's the author of our story. And as we look at uh, verse 40 of Hebrews 11, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. God planned something better God planned something better, something perfect, something complete to reach a goal, be fulfilled, to be completed. That is what God has for us. That's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. 
fixing their eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross. The joy set before him, he knew, he knew that there was a plan for his life. He knew that God was going to redeem his creation. The joy set before him. It's so interesting that we look at uh, Hebrews 2.12 and it says, In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Made perfect through what he suffered. For the joy set before him, knowing that it was going to be made perfect, he was willing to suffer. He was willing to to suffer. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him the God that loves us. Consider him that we have so much power. Consider him while well, this is even greater. This is found in Ephesians 1, 19, uh, 18 through 21. I want to focus on 19 through 20. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. And now it gets even better. And in his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. That power is the same, that as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand. This is the hope that we have. This is the power that we have in Jesus. This is the resolve, the confidence, the boldness that we can take as believers, as followers of Jesus, to know I can throw off the sin that so easily entangles. I can throw off every temptation and know that God is for me. I can do these things because I have the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, endure the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of God for... This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. This is why you throw off the sin that so easily entangles. This is why you throw off everything that is not of Jesus. This is why you surrender to his best, not saying, well, he loves me no matter what, not making excuses. Well, he'll forgive me if I do this, but we can live in God's victory because that's the strength that we have as believers in Jesus to know that we can live in victory. We can live in a way that knows that God forgives us, but does not take for granted or take advantage or continues to sin that grace would abound. But we know and we believe and knowing is to experience. To, so we follow the truth of Jesus because he gave his son so that whoever, so that everyone that believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. This is why we do such a thing. Therefore, 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Christian, believer, follower of Jesus, non-Christian, questioner, believe that God has perseverance, he has hope, he has salvation for you and for me today. We can live this life of so much pain and uncertainty, so much death and mourning, of loss, of grieving, of pain, of failure, and know that through suffering, Jesus was made perfect, and he desires through that perfection that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for loving us and helping us and caring about us, but not just us, but for our family, for our friends, for our neighbors, our co-workers, for those that we drive by, for those that we walk past, for those that we hear voices but do not listen to, that you care for them. May we care for them as well and live a life that uses the gifts that you have given us so that you might multiply them and multiply your influence and your impact so that others would know your salvation. May we hear the voices of those cheering us on. May we live knowing that you scorned the shame, knowing the joy set before you. You endured the pain of the cross so that we might have salvation, that you are no longer in the grave, that you are no longer on earth, but your spirit is speaking to us, the great comfort of the counselor. But Jesus, you've done it all, and your feet are up, seated at the right hand of the Father, saying, Jesus, that you love us. We thank you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.